Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Jared Sores. Jared has worked with clients such as Apple, Nike, Time Magazine, and Wired, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Jared about starting out working as a newspaper photographer, transitioning to freelancing full-time, I also speak to Jared about a recent test shoot and how he approaches working with the team. I've been following Jared's work for a while, so I was excited to get him on the podcast to hear about his journey with photography. So I hope you enjoy, and thanks so much for listening. All right, well, Jared Sorties, uh, welcome to the podcast, man. Excited to have you on. Uh, I've been seeing your work around for years. Um, and glad uh, my friend Hanad, who we were talking about before this, uh, kind of was kind of posting your work, this recent project you did. I think it was like a test shoot. Um, so I was excited to get you on the podcast, kind of hear more about it. Um, I was just kind of curious. You did this kind of recent test shoot, I think, in the last few months where it was a bunch of like kind of kind of tennis theme a little bit. Uh, what was kind of the backstory on that shoot for you? The backstory uh, with this like test shoot um, and my agent actually kind of doesn't want me to call it a test shoot. Um, it's the first test shoot that I've done that I've like felt like confident about in mm-hmm. terms of showing. Uh, but the um, the whole foundation of it was like I, I want to start collaborating um, with stylists, with makeup artists. Um, I want to take um, you know better care in terms of like finding a location. Uh, just trying to um, have more control, have more of a vision, you know, in terms of uh, what a project like this could look like and like bringing more people, assembling a team, um, working directly with a retoucher, you know, for that extra like bit to kind of get the images to really, really sing. Um, It's something that I haven't done before. It's a little out of my comfort zone. Yeah. So um the fact that this one, uh, you know, came through, um, I was really excited about it. It's definitely like a team effort, um, all around. Yeah. It seemed like really a little bit different than a lot of your work. It looks more like a documentary based, more kind of a photojournalistic feel sometimes. Um, so how was it kind of work on this project where, I mean, as you know, a lot of times, like being like a photojournalist or editorial photographer, a lot of times I'm sure it's just you kind of out there. A lot of times just maybe one assistant if you're lucky. Um, but with this, you're working with retoucher assistants and stylists. Um, how's kind of that process for you? Uh, it was um, it was all pretty new, um, but it was uh, some of it was familiar occasionally on like uh, bigger commercial jobs. There will be like a wardrobe stylist, makeup artist, um, even for some editorial like um, we'll have a makeup artist and of course assistants, but, um, what was really like fun was, um, Danielle Wood, the stylist, um, we were kind of going back and forth about like, okay, what's the theme? What's the concept? Um, how can we, um, introduce some wardrobe and like certain color palettes and how can we, um, find talent that's gonna we're like everything's gonna kind of come together like the talent the wardrobe the location how how can we get all of those things to 
uh, connect and like sing. And then, you know, once we get everybody there on shoot day, like, um, you know, that's, you know, kind of the fun part. That's like the party. That's where you get to like, <laughs> yeah, everybody gets to have fun. Everybody gets to express themselves. Um, but it's kind of the buildup where it's like, okay, like, do we like this, these pair of shoes with like, um, this accessory, um, you know, what about this vantage point for like, you know, the location. So, you know, these are conversations that like, um, you know, I'm not really having, um, that regularly. So it was, um, it was really enjoyable to be a part of, you know, the process and it only just made me want to do you know, kind of more of these like types of projects where there's like more collaboration involved. No, nah, it came out really great. Like, and what was kind of the process of like, you know, finding the location? You you obviously had some really good talent. I don't know if they're professional models. They, they definitely looked like it. Um, when you're just, when it's a shoot, you're just kind of funding yourself. Like how did the kind of logistics of like finding a location, finding the talent, how did that kind of all come together? Uh, so I got to go back to kind of like team effort. Um, Danielle and I had gone back and forth, um, with some like different locations. Uh, the main thing was like trying to tie the location into the wardrobe and also kind of say like, okay, this is more like sporty athletic. Like we kind of want to allude to tennis, but like, you know, we don't want like, people hanging around by by a net or like a chair umpires yeah um area like that would just be like a little too on the nose um but we also wanted to highlight the wardrobe and like you know off the court type of vibe so we had just kind of like sent some stuff back back and forth over over email over text and then i think um it was actually one of danielle's colleagues uh, Julieta, who's another amazing prop stylist in Baltimore, DC area. She, uh, had kind of like texted Danielle and was like, Hey, this like location, you know, this could kind of work what you guys are into. And then I had actually had a shoot at this place, um, you know, like a few weeks ago. So I was like familiar with it, but like, wasn't looking at it, you know, through the eyes of like, okay, this could like, work for like a you know quote-unquote test shoot I was more like okay like how do I make this background not stuck <laughs> <laughs> I, I loved it because it had so many different looks like it, it, it had like a lot of greenery then sometimes there's like you could see some of the ground it was and it was like very very unique to what it was I think um but Thanks, how, yeah and like how how is that process of like you know, work handing your photos off to a retoucher because obviously I'm sure, like as an editorial photographer, when you're shooting for Time or whatever Bloomberg, most of the time there's no budget for retouching. It's just you're doing your own thing probably most of the time. Uh, how's that kind of collaboration working with like a professional retoucher and kind of passing your images down the line? I guess. Uh, so again, like my my goal is to make myself uncomfortable um, this year. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, a lot of like with the editorial work, the timeline is just so quick yeah. that trying to, you know, work in like a retoucher and like their process and their timeline is just like not possible. Yeah. Even for like, you know, bigger stories, like the timeline is still like pretty, pretty quick. Yeah. So, um, the idea of like, 
sending my images off and then like having a quick dialogue or chat about like, you know, what I'm thinking and then like having to wait like three days mm-hmm. or four days or even a week was kind of an adjustment. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's been, um, yeah, it, it, I don't know this. I feel like I'm like the person that uses like 1% of like Photoshop for mm-hmm. a capture one or not even 1%. And then like, Lena is like showing me stuff and I'm just like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. This is like, I didn't even notice this. I didn't know that you could do this or this was possible. (laughs) And I'm, I'm sure that like what she's doing is just like real, like base level, like retouching. It's just like, I'm not used to it quite Mm yet. So like, it's all pretty exciting. And again, like the idea of collaboration and like working with somebody to help you, you know, realize like, you know, your, your vision or like what you want something to look like and like them helping you get there and then making it better. Um, all of that's like, yeah, I would say like the test shoot has been like the biggest realization of like bringing in like a wardrobe stylist, bringing in a retoucher, having a makeup artist, all of that whole team aspect and having these like conversations has been like, super exciting it's like something that like i'm real fired up to try to do in like you know the next year yeah man it it helps elevate it like you said like i'm the same way like i probably know like one percent of what photoshop can actually do and it's something i've been trying to do more recently too i've been working with some retouchers because it's like i don't know i just got in the habit of being like oh i'm a one-man band i can do everything i'll figure it out i'll youtube it which is good but then it's like really I came like the realization like, oh, no, like if I work with people that have like a unique skill and they're good at this, I have my skill set is this. And it's like, we, like you said, when it all comes together, it kind of this helps elevate what you're doing, which is uh, exciting. Um, and then I guess in terms of like, what were you hoping to do with uh, that shoot? Is it kind of did you have like a, a client in mind that you're trying to hopefully market that towards? Or is it really just something you're trying to play with in terms of the imagery, I guess? Um, a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Danielle and I, like, first and foremost, we wanted to, like, make something, you know, that we were proud of, we wanted to make something that, like, um you know, we wanted to put out in the world that, that like we would be psyched about um, because like I've definitely done test shoots um, that weren't as produced and I've been kind of like, all right, this is fine. Don't yeah. know if I want to show it. Like, why did I do this? <laughs> um, you know, this was like, not the case. This was more like, okay. It's like everybody working together, um, you know, for this like kind of common goal. Um yeah, and if, you can kind of, like, notice that, like, there's a specific brand, um, you know, that we're, like, looking at if you kind of pay attention um, to the images. Okay. Um, so, yeah, part of it is, like, targeting. Um, I think, like, we'll both, like, reach out to certain places, you know, with, like, PDFs or, like, you know, direct email. And, like, I know that, like, our agents are fired up about it. So you know, they'll use that in like marketing. Um, I think also like the thing that I'm interested in is like kind of like positioning, like, and I, I feel like if you, it's kind of that old adage of like, show the work that you want to get hired for. 
Yeah. So I, I'm at this stage. Um, I want to do more of these types of like shoots. Um, it would be very nice if like a brand or like an agency was like, oh yeah, we liked what you did for, you know, that project that you did on your own. Like, why don't you do that? Like same crew um, for this thing that like, you know, aligns with that, like some aesthetic. Mm. So that's kind of, um, yeah, that's like the other like kind of, you know, angle that I was like hoping for for this. I like it, man. Yo, that Wilson campaign, it's coming, baby. <laughs> uh, and, you know, th- one thing I've been asking everybody, because obviously the last two years with the pandemic has been crazy. Like, how have you had to like, if you have had to change the way you kind of market your business? Because this is something I've struggled with, because I know for years, a lot of the way I would get work is, you know, you know, go meet with editors uh, in their offices or art producers and agencies or whatever and kind of get that FaceTime. And now it's like, obviously, most people are still not even working in their offices. Like, how have you kind of been able to maintain and keep keep the work coming in and market yourself during these last kind of crazy two years? Uh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, it's been pretty, it's been a challenge. Um mm-hmm. I've always, I've always liked, um, going in for like meetings in person. Um, New York is like a quick train right away. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a lot of editors and publications that I work with in DC. So, you know, hitting somebody up for lunch meeting or like drinks is like, you know, it was like pretty, it was like pretty standard. Yeah. And then like starting to go out to like LA and like, Portland and San Francisco is always exciting, but then like, yeah, COVID hit and all the marketing that I do now is like all just through, I'll send a newsletter, um, maybe like a couple times a year and then mm. just like Instagram. Yeah. Uh, which is like weird to say out loud, but like, yeah, like Instagram, like trying to be pretty intentional in terms of like what I'm like sharing, um, then also to backtrack, not be like that precious about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also to try to not be that serious. Cause like, I always like feel with like the, the nice thing about an in-person meeting is that like, um, you know, your tone of voice, your interests, the way that you dress, like the affects in your voice and like, you can kind of convey how you feel excited or enthusiastic. And like, you can, share like what your taste is like pretty easy it's easier to do in person um but like you can't really it's it's much more difficult or it's much more difficult for me i feel like to do that online so that's where like if you if you have followed me like you might see some just real weird and random stuff (laughs) on like my ig story um in addition to you know some of the serious work and then some of like you know, comments about like the industry and like trying to help people. Like I want to, yeah. Yeah. You get like monster energy drink 311, <laughs> but then you're also getting like, you know, some like very concerned, serious editorial work, some produced yeah. commercial work. And then like, okay, like how do I give back? How do I help? Like, you know, the, the next person behind me come up and like try to make their, their path a little bit easier. So like, I want to, 
I want to be able to like show that. Don't know if it's successful, but like, yeah, that's kind of like where my marketing is. Everything's digital. And like, yeah, I get it. I get some help from my agent. Like they're really aggressive with like newsletters and like contacting people directly and like sending PDFs. Um, so it's really nice to have that help and support, but like, yeah, other than that, like, I don't know, like, do people do print promos? Like, I have not, like, I have one. Yeah, because it's, it's, yeah, it's weird because unless, like, uh, unless you know the person, like, trying to reach out to them, like, hey, well, what's your home address? Can I send you this fucking promo face? I had a buddy who's my friend in Florida who has, he, 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 he's a wild dude. He, he, he was just reaching out to people, like, that he didn't know. And, like, he actually got some contacts and he was doing, print promo pieces but i personally i haven't is it because it's just it's a definitely different time to do that but i don't know uh because how is the the newsletter thing work for you that's something i haven't really done too much i know um a couple friends of mine who do it as well have you found when you send those out is it a good response and like what have you kind of learned in doing those i guess um i would say like overall it's like pretty good Mm. Um, I've tried to, you know, I've definitely tried like different approaches. I've tried the like real long in depth, um, you know, descriptions of like how you felt during like an assignment, like everything that went into it mm-hmm. It's you know, it's kind of this like extended caption. Um, I think now I've moved toward like a quicker, smaller bite where it's like, a grid of images that all kind of work together um some text and then yeah kind of get in and get out um the like i don't really pay too much um attention to numbers um i'm more interested in like okay like did somebody reply yeah and then like did we did we have some sort of like conversation or alternatively like did i send it out and then like did some type of inquiry uh come back through it so all you that's kind of how i'm like trying to track oh. yeah yeah that's <laughs> like what i figured yeah yeah uh and and to go back man i was just kind of curious like where do you grow up and like how do you initially kind of get into photography uh so i grew up in um shawnee kansas it's a suburb of kansas city on Mm. the kansas side Mm. and then um in terms of like getting into photography um my mom always had cameras around she was like pretty pretty serious like amateur photographer like canon ae1 classic Um, i got one right here it was around the house (laughs) yep yep i i I clocked that like when you uh when you logged in yeah um yeah so she was like pretty um you know present with a camera at like every you know every event every first day of school halloween costume always had a camera documenting myself and my dad so that's that was kind of like in the background um it really wasn't until like end of high school first couple years of college where i was like oh photography is like a thing that you could do professionally and it was through um i i also like grew up skateboarding um Mm. as well um in kansas city 
And so like, you know, with skateboarding, you're introduced to like, not only skateboarding, but also music, culture, art, you know, indirectly. So like, that was, I think there was like a time where I was like, it would be so cool to like, have like a two page spread and thrasher. Yeah. Um, like that's, um, you know, what I was kind of like working towards, like in college was like, okay, like, how can I, how can I do this? And then like, got bit by the photojournalism bug working for like the paper at the university of Kansas. Oh, that's dope. Cause what were you going to, were you going to school for a photography or what were you studying in college? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was studying, um, English, um, oh. mainly because like, I didn't really know like what to, you know, what to major in. Yeah. And like, I remember, you know, vaguely like going to like, you know, like this each school at the university had like a, you had like an open house and like the journalism school was like strange to me. Um, it seemed like a trade school. Mm-hmm. And then English, like I remember, you know, encountering like a professor that was like, oh, we're like, you know, in addition to like British literature, like, we also teach like, you know, US Latino, Latina literature um, and like all these other like types of authors that like I didn't know existed. So I was like, oh, I want to do this or at least yeah. I want to like put my time towards this. Um, so I just kind of like ended up like majoring in like literature and like creative writing. It, it is writing something you still enjoy doing at all or is that kind of in the past for you? Or- uh i mean i feel like all my writing is like emails and like (laughs) treatments now and like um like that type of writing has taken on like a different like life um Mm. i feel like it it's it's difficult for me to like get started but like once i can kind of like clear all distractions and then um put myself in a place where like okay like you can just kind of like write then it becomes like easier and then like it's quicker and like I can get to like you know my voice and where I'm trying to go but it like I you know it's the thing where you sit down to do something you're like all right let's do this but first (laughs) like I am going to look up this like obscure like sample from this like song that like is in my head like you know what i mean yeah (laughs) yeah man i mean that's such a if you can write it's such a skill like you mentioned treatments which is like it's become such a bigger thing in terms of like the creative process and getting jobs now like and i do i struggle with it because when you're trying to write a treatment about some like brand or product and you're trying to make convey like what you're gonna do like i'm i just struggle with it man because because you want to like at least for me i wanted to come from some sincere place and not sound like an asshole uh like how do you kind of approach the treatment process because it's something i'm trying to get better at i try to when i'm when i'm like first starting the treatment i'm really trying to figure out like okay like am i 
am I executing somebody's vision or am I elevating it? Like what, where do I fit in, mm. um, you know, in terms, you know, with regard to this project? Cause like every project's kind of different. Like yeah. if it's like something like that's regional, then it's kind of like, okay, like I'm executing this particular thing. So like, I need to focus on like, okay, I have the right crew that I work with. Like I'm technically sound with like this type of, you know, approach in a studio. But if it's like something that's like, you know, more global then it's like, okay, let me talk about like my sensibilities in terms of like, style I guess a lot of it for me is like which notes am I trying to hit where am I trying to emphasize how does that align with like the goals of the project and like what is that special thing that like I'm bringing um to the whole thing and, and do you get like nitty gritty into like the technical aspects of like how you're going to shoot it or do you try to stay away from that? Because I know some people, they'll get down into like what gear they're going to use and like all this type of stuff, which is like, I don't personally, I don't know that like an art director or whoever's really going to give a shit, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. You know, that was so, I guess like transitioning, or I, guess not, I, don't, I don't know. I still feel that like I'm constantly like, transitioning or like evolving but like going from like editorial going from photojournalism to editorial to commercial where you're working with brands and agencies like the biggest transition is like okay like I'm not dealing with like quote-unquote like photo people like I'm dealing with um you know maybe somebody who has like an art history background or like a marketing background so I have to change the way that like I'm speaking and like I can't tell somebody like oh yeah like I'm gonna like use a 35 millimeter at like one four and it's gonna be layered and like we're gonna do like a heavy vignette like I like you can't one you nobody should ever be shooting at one four ever (laughs) Uh, (laughs) you just leave that and like oh nine um but but like seriously like it's about like it's kind of like learning like another language like and I feel like when you're in like the early process of like communicating with like you know the team for the brand or the agency um you know on like a various thread you'll get like kind of cues about like okay this is this is my, this might be like an area to like emphasize or like they mentioned like these three aspects, you know, how do I like take those and like give that to them in my voice? So like a lot of it's kind of this like, um, like decoding like language, but also, um, figuring out how to communicate also like importantly figuring out how to communicate it um in like the written word too because like it's much easier to like i mean for me it's much easier to do it like talking and like that's why i like in-person meetings is like it's easier for me to do that so like writing it and then like looking for those subtle cues is like takes some time and like that's why i'm kind of like 
glad like I have the support from like an agent who'll be like, oh yeah, they mentioned like they want poppy lighting. You should mention yeah. poppy lighting in like the treatment, and then you should show examples from this shoot, this shoot. Yeah. Yeah, there's one this one photographer I, I used to assist for a successful guy out here in Boston. He said something I'll never forget. He's like, you basically what I do, he's like, I just listen to the creative call and then whatever they say, I just say that back to them a little different way. <laughs> I'm like, that's perfect. <laughs> it's like simple, but you're right. That's what it is. Whatever they say about their brand or product, just say it back to them. That's what it works. <laughs> um, yeah, because I like you want to like you know, convey that like you are paying attention, that like you do have some like understanding of like what their position is, and like also like yes, I have like the the goods, the evidence to like yeah you know yeah. To, to do this and yeah, to like you're, make it make it outstanding. Yeah, you're invested in the project and you're invested in their brand to bring their whatever product or service and do it do a good job. That uh, makes sense. Um, and in terms of like, once you got out of college, like what, what was kind of your first step into the photo world? Did you just kind of go straight freelance? Did you do the assisting thing that a lot of people did? Or what was kind of your first step into the photo uh, career, I guess? So I didn't know that like you could. Um, so this is like how like. I don't know small that like my like world was that like I like like working for the Kansas City Star was like was the dream. thing where I was like oh like if I could just get like <laughs> one like weekend shift like freelancing you know for the star like this will be like incredible mm -hmm. um but like I took I took an internship sight unseen um to a place uh called roanoke virginia mm -hmm. i've been there um are you uh, why <laughs> i actually did a shoot there for uh this company constant contact which is like a marketing company and we went down there and shot like a whole video down in roanoke virginia randomly a couple uh, of that's, <laughs> that's wild yeah. uh it was probably a good time too because uh, roanoke is like a place that has a real special place in my heart mm. um but I mean, we can go down that road another time. But so I, I took an internship there, thought I was going to be there for three months. And then I was going to do the thing where you keep interning at other papers. And then like, ultimately you maybe wind up at a staff job or you uh, go freelance or I don't know. I just knew that like, I had three months and like, I was going to make the most of the three months and it was a new, new place. Yeah. I'd never spent any time in the South. I'd never been to that part of Virginia before. So like everything was like new and exciting. And yeah. also to like work with like a photo staff, like at that time that was like pretty, you know, renowned um, was also exciting. Um, so yeah, I was there for, let's see it was three months then it was six months then it turned into a year then it turned into like okay just work here yeah and then um you know i started to kind of see that like the newspaper 
um, calendar is like, it's pretty cyclical. Like mm -hmm. if you're, if it's fall, you're shooting um, high school football. Yeah. If it's winter, you're shooting high school basketball, summer track, baseball. And then within that, there's like other, like, there's like the barbecue festival, the peach yeah. festival, the strawberry yeah. festival, like yeah. all these things that are pretty, um, you know, cyclical. And occasionally, like, you can kind of, like, find your own stories and, like, get them in. But I kind of started to see, like, a ceiling in terms of what, what was possible. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, as, like, somebody who's, like, from Kansas, I was like, oh, well, if I got to Virginia, like, where can I go next? Like, what can I do? What can I then, like, I remember getting an assignment from like the Washington post. And I was like, wow. Like, yeah, I don't know how they found me. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then thinking that like, okay, like, you know, this was like a nice confidence builder. Like, okay. Like this is possible. Like maybe I could do this for like a larger paper. And then this is like the era, like, 09, 08, when like newspapers were starting to decline. Mm -hmm. So then it was kind of like, okay, I should save a bunch of money and then go freelance and yeah. then like figure it out. Cause like, or at, at that least like, tr or at least like try. Yeah. Cause like at that point, like looking at your work now, so much of it is like portrait based. You're doing a lot of editorial and commercial stuff. But back then, like, what wh what was the bulk of your portfolio looking like back then? Was it mostly this kind of spot news and things of that sort or what did your kind of portfolio look like back then oh gosh uh <laughs> my portfolio back then um it was like really heavy on on just like documentary mm -hmm. I, I remember having a, a project about a, a town in virginia that was like the furniture factory had closed and it was kind of like looking at the decline of like this town and how families and individuals were coping um, with it. And then another project uh, was about hip hop um, in Roanoke. So those, those two projects were the bulk. Um, yeah, I don't think they were even the bulk. I think that was my portfolio because I had got it kind of into my head that like, okay, like, you need to be like a self-starter, like your portfolio should be, you know, your idea. And uh, my idea at that time was a 35 millimeter at one four. <laughs> no more one four. Thankfully, like, <laughs> yeah, thankfully, like I've progressed um, and I'm no longer, you know, there are other lenses to use, but like, yeah, that was, that was kind of the vibe I was at during mm -hmm. that time. And, and like, were there any photographers work where you kind of feel like you were influenced on like starting out Were you even like kind of paying attention to like other people's work or looking at photo books or anything like that, uh, starting out? Uh, definitely, definitely Eugene Richards, James Knockway, mm. Alex Webb. And then I remember working part time for a paper in Lawrence, Kansas, when I was 
in when I was in college and the photo editor showed me this photo by Sam Abel, yeah, renowned National Geographic photographer. Mm-hmm. It's the red bucket photo, yeah. the photo where it's the calf branding photo. I remember seeing that photo and just like, uh, just kind of like, you know, my mind was blown. Like, mm-hmm. how could you, how could you fit like such a chaotic scene into one frame, have so much information and everything is like perfectly organized and in its place. And like, you can read the photo easily, you know exactly what's going on. You, you just feel like you're, you know, immersed in the frame. So like, I was trying to do that at like pretty much like every chance that I got Mm. didn't matter. Like if it was, you know, a, high school baseball practice or a like orchestra like I was like okay it was like down to this like recipe of like okay foreground something happening in the midground (laughs) and then like contributing background and then like just trying to like um you know play off that uh approach yeah man because like as a photojournalist as you know like a lot of times you just get thrown into these like boring situations, but you have to make it look interesting. Like, like uh, I interviewed this one photographer, this dude, Tom Brenner. He's like a, he covers like the white house. Yeah. And, I know, yeah. I know, I know Tom. And I look at his work, man. Cause like for me, like uh, you go, the white house, if you're in the press room or like some boring ass, like conference room or whatever, like I, I would just be lost, but in, he finds these like angles and different things, like how you're talking about. I'm like, man, I, I don't, I would never see that. Like, but to have that skill, like I would imagine like uh, spending those years working at newspaper, do you feel like that skill has kind of helped you kind of into the newer stuff you're doing now where it's in bigger productions and even like you're on your more kind of like editorial shoots, I guess. Well, the, the thing that you mentioned, that's really kind of the hallmark is that like, you're thrown into different situations and Mm -hmm. different situations, different types of people um, just, it runs the gamut. You could be photographing like a restaurant review in the morning, Mm -hmm. a fire in the afternoon, and then like a high school game, you know, in the evening. And then like all those photos that you, that you made have to be in before 8 p.m. or 9 (laughs) p.m. because they have to go for like the next day's paper so like learning how to learning how to communicate learning how to find an image how to make an image in less than ideal situations and then like being able to send those back and then also communicate like okay like this is like what we need to use for you know the B section because like this and this happened and like, this was like the like important moment. Yeah. So yeah, like communication, definitely communication skills. And then like, um, yeah. Cause like the other thing, like being a newspaper staffer is that like, you know, you are kind of a one man band, like, um, you know, you're hauling lights long lenses like all everything in the trunk of your car which sounds crazy to me like (laughs) i don't know i'm like 
just getting kind of a flashback of like, oh, three assignments in one day. Like, <laughs> how, how, did, how was I able to do that? Yeah, that's a lot. And, and like, uh, how did you, how is that transition from like, you know, having a full time job to like going freelance? Cause, you know, I think so many people struggle with that, like where they, they have the dream of, you know, doing what you're doing, like shooting editorial and doing commercial stuff and like getting to work with all these different clients. Like, how is that kind of transition of like it's going out on your own and like finding work? Like, it was it kind of a slow progress of getting your name out there? Like, how did it kind of work for you, the transition? Okay, so I, so I actually ended up like working in Roanoke as a staffer for about like three, three and a half years. Mm-hmm. Then um, I left the paper and then I went interned at a photo agency in yep. France. Wow. Um, called Seven, oh, the big, room numeral big Seven, agency. a big agency. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because like I wanted to have an understanding of like how photos are marketed and sold. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wanted like access to like the seven archive. Cause like, I, you know, it's like, like, it's like a diet, you know, like what your, what your intake is, like what you're looking at. So if you're like looking at like good, outstanding, successful photographs daily, that's going to be your reference point. Yeah. And then um, also like the interactions between like, you know, my boss was like the sales director for like the world, except for France Mm -hmm. uh, because he couldn't speak French. Yeah. Um, So being on email threads and seeing like, okay, like this is how you ask um, a client for more money or this is how you um, shape a proposal. You know, this is what you need to put in um, when you're pitching a story to this magazine. You know, this is how you take the same pitch and repurpose it for like a business or tech magazine. And like, basically well, it's like one big project and then like being able to like section it off into places where it would be like appropriate and make sense for them. And like, they're all kind of supporting your work. Um, that was like another skill set that I learned there. And then like, you know, what to put in an email subject line yeah. when you're asking for like an in-person meeting. All <laughs> so <right. laughs> all these, all these like little like foundational um, marketing and communication skills um, that I didn't have, like I definitely learned in that like six months of, you know, working, working at seven. Mm. Uh, this is interesting. So it, what, what did you find worked best in the email subject line when you're trying to get a meeting? Cause I, I'll tell you what mine was, but I'm interested to hear what, what, what's worked well for you. Uh, so it was like, so, and, and like, I've done variations of this one. Um, so it's DC photographer visiting New York mm-hmm. colon the date dash yeah. meeting <laughs> question mark. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I, I remember like, you know, my, you know, my boss, like Nick Papadopoulos, like he was like, Oh, you're, you're in, he's like, you're in Paris. Like you need to meet with like Le Monde. You need to meet with like 
uh, Le Figaro, like all, you know, all of these, you know, like news magazines. And I was kind of like, I had like my, the body of the email written. And then I was like, subject line, what do I do for that? <laughs> so I, I remember like, I was like, yo, Nick, like, what do I put for a subject line? And like the idea that the subject line could be more than three words was like astonishing to me. And I was like, Oh damn, that's possible. All right. Yeah. Yeah. There's like an art to it. What, uh, what was yours? I, uh, what I've done, well, pre pandemic when I was still doing in-person meetings, I would just like, cause a lot of times I'll go to New York and uh, I would just put the date. And that was it. It would be like, uh, like December uh, 12th. Because in my mind, I think and I feel like it worked because if someone I feel like if they got the email, they would see a date and they, they would be like, oh, wait, do I have something on that date? Like and they would open it because I think it's just like a psychological thing. Like they just see the date and they don't know what it is. And that's what I started doing. And I found it like the the click throughs and responses were like way better <laughs> instead of being like like a long thing. I don't know. That's what I've always done. And that's what worked for me, I guess. It's funny, though. Those little mar- there's so much that goes into like a photography business like little shit like that the marketing and like the it, it, I, I don't know it's funny how, how much how much time you spend on shit like that it, it, the shooting is just such a small aspect of actually taking pictures you know oh 100 like that's like that's the party that's the celebration like yeah everything else is like you know trying to like put you in that place where you can just kind of like like ah like <laughs> i'm free like i can like move around i can like kind of just do do what i want to do like the other stuff it's like okay like i either need to convince somebody or i need to like schedule something mm-hmm. or it's a lot of like i i think that's like one of the um the things that i had to learn like pretty quickly is that like the amount of time you're in the field or in the studio um is actually like pretty minimal like yep. a lot of it's like all right how do i track down this person that hasn't paid me for 60 days or like yeah i need to update my website or i need to find an assistant and you know insert whatever place yeah. or like yeah it's a lot of like like you said like those like tasks that like eat up a lot of time but they're like necessary in order to like put you in that position to succeed yeah definitely and uh you know one thing like being you're based in dc like did did you ever feel any pressure to like move to new york or la like so many photographers like i know the kids i went to school with like so many of them moved to new york or la did you ever feel that pressure like to go to a bigger market um so i when i was like first starting out I remember going to meet um, with Marcel Saba mm-hmm. from Redux Pictures. Yep. And Marcel was like very like kind to me in like the early stages of my career. Still is. Um, he still returns my emails. Nice. Um, but I, I think I was like, you know, telling him was like, yeah, I'm gonna leave like the newspaper that I'm at, and I'm thinking about moving to a bigger market because like Roanoke, like it's difficult to like explain to people where it is and what's around it. Like Mm -hmm. the likelihood that there would be, you know, regular work, you know, doesn't seem um, like possible. 
And I think he was like, oh, where do you want to move? And I was like, uh, it was just like kind of like throwing out cities. And he goes, yeah, you don't want to move to New York. Don't move to New York. <laughs> he's like, and he's like, I'll tell you why. He's like, you're not going to be able to like, he's like, if you're trying to do long form documentary work or any type of personal work, all you're going to be doing is like spending your time figuring out like how you're going to pay your rent and you're yep. not going to be making any work. Yep. So I was like, yeah, definitely don't want to be doing that. And mm. then um, I remember, I think like a friend like told me what their like rent was in New York. And I was just like, Ooh, no thanks. No okay. thanks. yeah, let me, <laughs> let me just stay, let me just stay in like Roanoke for a little longer and like, you know, get stuck in on these projects and then kind of figure out what the next move is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, DC, like there's so many good clients there. You guys have Nat Geo, you got AARP, you got, uh, there's like some other badass magazines are down like Smithsonian magazine. So there's like a lot of good clients in that area. And it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I personally, I never felt the pressure to go to New York and I never wanted to. It's fun to visit, but it's just, it's too chaotic. And like, I don't know, even just like I did a shoot in New York a month ago and just the logistics of like shooting in New York, like on location is a fucking hassle, dude. Cause there's just so much shit going on, you know? It's wild. Um, and in terms of like, uh, like your portrait work, I'm always just curious, like, how do you approach portrait shoots? Do you have like a process of like how you like to prepare or like, how do you approach that type of work? Mm, that's a good question. Um, like you did a I shoot with Nancy, a of... Nancy Pelosi. I uh, was kind of like, how do you approach a shoot like that with like such a big, uh, big person, uh, big personality? Like how, how did you kind of prepare for that shoot? I guess. Um, is this the one where, um, she's like, like in a pink pantsuit? Yeah. She's like leaning like up against the desk. Yeah. Okay. So with any of these, like, um, individuals of note, like I like to do, I like to do a lot of research. So like, I will look at their Twitter feed. I'll look at their Instagram. I'll look at, um, you know, YouTube video clips. I want to see how their face moves, like what their voice sounds like, um, what their body's doing. Yeah. Um, where if it's like a controlled situation, like what is the space they're being put into? Like, what's that look like? Cause that will kind of like inform me in terms of like, okay, are they going to try to stick me in this place? Do I need to ask for like a different room? Mm -hmm. Do we need to bring a seamless? Um, you know, what questions do I need to ask, um, you know, their team beforehand so like we can, you know, put ourselves in a position to like make something um, unique or at least attempt to try to make something unique. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of that type of research, a lot of like asking questions like on the front end. And then, um, my lighting is like pretty like i'm not really reinventing the wheel with lighting yeah um so like that's like not um something that i'm like really trying to think too hard about like you know i want to have i want to make sure it's dialed in but like 
I'm more interested in like, okay, like, how do I, how do I reassure this person that this is going to be a, a like pleasant experience? Um, is there something that we can connect on kind of human to human? So like um, Nancy Pelosi is like a big San Francisco Giants fan. Mm-hmm. So if you go into her office, she has like all of this like Giants gear, like bats, like there's a, there's a ball. I'm blanking on who like, autographed the ball it might have been like from like the world series like a couple years ago like the entire team or maybe the manager damn um but like so my dad's side of the family they're all from northern california so grandfather's a huge giants fan so like indirectly i paid attention to the giants Mm -hmm. so i was like all right let's talk about baseball so like we're we're doing that so like, that's my, that's my way of like trying to connect, trying to like, I want you to view me kind of as a human, not just like a person who's rolling in with like a camera and like, it's going to be like really clinical. Like mm-hmm. I want it to be um, exciting, comfortable. Um, so it's a lot of, a lot of talking, a lot of like, okay, would you normally be in the space? Okay. Like, what would you where would your body be like a lot of like those questions to try to like get the individual comfortable get them in a comfortable place in a place where like they feel safe because i feel like when people are being photographed especially like the portrait like they want to feel safe they want to feel reassured no definitely and 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 being in dc like you've had the opportunity to photograph like a handful of politicians and different like government like workers like i saw you photograph james comey uh is photographing politicians in that kind of world something you enjoy or like uh how do you approach that because i mean uh, i mean politics is it's a crazy world out there yeah um i mean this is like kind of like like the you know like the fun thing about like photography is is that like you're you occasionally get opportunities to interact with like people that like you normally wouldn't get a chance to meet Mm -hmm. so um and that's like exciting to me like the the idea that like the new york times or business week would be like hey like we have we have um you know some time with like james comey like you know, are you, is this something you might be interested in available? And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) absolutely make this happen. (laughs) And then it's like, and then it goes from that to like, okay, like how do we, how do we make like an interesting photograph of like Comey who's been photographed, you know, by, you know, all sorts of people. How do we do that with like Pelosi or how do we do that with like, you know, insert, you know, whomever. And so like, then that, challenge because like even more interesting it's like okay like how do i bring my voice to this how do i like mm-hmm. um you know get what like you know it's that balancing act of like okay how do you make what like the client you know needs but then how do you just kind of like um i don't know i was i was watching like nfl films and like <laughs> there's like a part where like i think it was like Drew Bledsoe is talking to Tom Brady and he's like, oh, fuck it, man. Just be a gunslinger. <laughs> and like, I, and like, I, I, I often like, 
I often think about like, you know, that idea where like you're kind of like moving through, um, you know, the portrait and you've got, you've done like the seamless, you've done um, this, you know, kind of like half environmental, but there's like a clean space where their head is. And there might be like an area where you can put type. And then you're like, all right, like we still got time. And like, people seem to be like, things seem to be going well. Like, all right, how do we like, how do we push it a little bit more? How do we make something that's like unexpected? And that's like the place that I try to get to um, with these types of like, um situations i don't really, like i don't know why like i like that, but that's always in my head it's like oh just fuck it just be a gunslinger yeah man that's it that's <laughs> if anything from this interview jared is a gunslinger man that's what i'm <laughs> gunslinger jared man i like it uh how is it what was your experience photographing call because i mean obviously there's a, i'm sure when you photographed and that's when he was in the headlines of the news when everything was going on like what was your experience photographing him obviously that dude isn't that dude like six seven he's like a massive dude right yeah okay so the first time i photographed him was when he was in the news this is for business week mm-hmm. and i think i got like 90 seconds with him yeah so everything was like really I think we had like three different like setups and just had him like kind of like walk through Damn. and like tried to hold his attention um as much as possible because I knew that like you know the writer they were still going to like interview him and they wanted like you know it's the thing where it's like words have priority over photos so mm-hmm. like they wanted like as much of the interview time as possible and didn't want like the photography to cut into it. Yeah. So that time, like I had like pretty minimal interaction with him. Um, The second time I photographed him was for the New York times. And it was when um, it was for like a preview of when the, I can't remember if it was like, it was like the limited series where like Jeff Daniels plays um, Comey. Oh yeah. So it was like kind of leading up to that. So this is um gosh, uh maybe summertime. Um summertime, late summertime in 2020. And I remember like thinking that like, okay, like I'm gonna have to like be on a thread with like his publisher, his age, like his entire team. Mm-hmm. And then I remember I remember it rained the day we were supposed to like do the shoot. And he was like, I get an email. It's like an interesting email. And like the person's screen name is like something else. Yeah. And he was like, Hey, Jim Comey here. Uh, (laughs) Looks like we got rain today. Like you want to try this for tomorrow? (laughs) And it was like, meet me at, um, uh, for, it's like this it's the most random monument in dc and i was just like oh all right that's kind of odd okay but you know it's outdoors we're safe we're you know he was amenable to like a, a specific time because i wanted to like not do it in the middle of the day and i didn't want to do it early in the morning so he was like cool with like meeting yeah. like, late afternoon so we'd get like pretty pretty decent light and um 
he's actually hilarious. Really? Like, yeah, he's like pretty easygoing and like um I remember he walked up and like he tried to like kind of sneak up, but like he's six eight, six nine, like you can't he's never yeah. sneaking around. <laughs> and like he's um he's also in a suit. Yeah. And like I th- I remember like, you know, this is like you know, pretty pretty deep pandemic. And I was like, oh, like surprise you know the thing where like you see another human and you're like oh like <laughs> you're wearing pants today yeah, like, yeah, 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 like, yeah. <laughs> and like i like I, I rolled in in shorts but like i was trying to like do the thing where you dress it up and you have like a nicer button down <laughs> but you're still wearing shorts Business. which like he thought was hilarious yeah um and he was like yeah i'm only in a suit because like my wife was like you're going to be in the New York times and you need to wear a suit. So yeah. it was just kind of like jokes back and forth um, during the whole time. And so like, yeah, a lot of it was just like, Oh, what was your, like, what was the weird thing that you picked up, you know, during quarantine or like, yeah. um, you know, that stuff. And I'm like, I remember he told me that like he had learned, he had taught himself how to play the piano. Yeah. Which was like, you know, you, you hear that and you're kind of like, oh, damn, that's awesome. And like the the interaction and like that conversation, that exchange is as equally exciting as like, you know, the the photograph that comes with it. Like oftentimes, like I will, I'll talk to like other friends who are photographers and I'll be like, they'll ask like, oh, well, how did the, you know, your thing with, insert whatever magazine go i'm like oh i mean good but i think like it's one of those scenarios where like the conversation is going to be like way better than the photograph oh yeah definitely man that's fuck i have three reason being a photographer that's the coolest thing like i always just say like photography this gives you it gives you an excuse to have cool experiences like gives you an excuse to like reach out to people that you would never do otherwise be it's a personal project and then obviously with the assignment stuff like getting this fucking spend a day with like a dude who ran the fbi like it's fucking crazy <laughs> like it's uh yeah it's an interesting career path man um another thing i was interested in talking to you about like i know you're with red eye reps uh i was kind of curious like what was kind of your process of like partnering with them like wh- what made you want to kind of partner with a rep and like, how's it kind of your experience been having a rep for your career, I guess, been. So I think I started getting inquiries that were more, that started to be like larger productions mm-hmm. um, with brands, with like nonprofits, with organizations and like, I didn't really know what was going on. I was just kind of like, you know, kind of approaching it the same way that I would um, an editorial assignment. So I was like thinking like, okay, like they want, you know, this type of shoot. So like, I'm just going to take like what I would do for an editorial shoot and apply that to, um, you know, what this organization once yeah and i remember like you know like going online to like wonderful machine or like 
you know, other like resources and just being like, Oh wow, you can charge that much yeah, for like, you know, something that is like fairly straightforward. Yeah. And that kind of like blew my mind. And like, I didn't know, like, like that language of business was something that like, I was not familiar with like in 2017, 2016, like the various types of usage, um, like how, you know, you get numbers to align and like how you have like in all these expenses and fees and like you're accounting for, you know, all of the money in order to like get you to a place where like it's worthwhile to do. Yeah. Um, so I think a friend of mine had told me that like, yeah, like reps will work freelance for you. You just kind of have to find like yep. a rep that is um, available and then also like interested and like it's going to be worth their time. Mm-hmm. So every time that I would get like an inquiry, like I would you know, on my like short list of like reps, I would like just hit them up and be like, Hey, like you have like time, you know, to take this on. This is like, what, this is all the info that I have so far. Is it like going to be a good fit for you? Do you have time? Mm-hmm. And there was one other rep that I was like working with that like was doing this and they were super nice. Um, so that's how like I, I started like, um, building that relationship with like red eye and just like with, uh, with reps in general was like, I don't know the language of business. Mm-hmm. Like, and like, I don't know how, like, I it just kind of like boggled my mind. I was like, okay, like how, how am I supposed to like reply to all these emails so quickly? How am I supposed to put all this together? But then I also have like, two other editorial how do I balance like my business with like the creative with like production pre-production like how do I do all these things at once like I need like I need some sort of like I need support I need like help yeah so that's where like the idea of like reaching out to a rep was and then like then it was like okay like um who who fits like personality wise who's who has my best interests like mm-hmm. do i fit on the roster like all, all of those other questions like i started to pop up more like the deeper i got with it and like what do you feel like the main thing like having a rep like what what are you hoping they, they bring to the table for you and like what do you think are like the main things you're you're kind of leaning on them for is it mostly this kind of like negotiating the money and putting the the estimates together or is, or is it more helping you with marketing or like what are kind of the main things that you're looking for from your rep you think uh, that's a good question so I, I think like first and foremost just kind of like just general general support like they do put all my estimates together they help with like licensing um they're handling like all that type of communication so I can like focus on creative and like focus on like the first draft of like a treatment if that's necessary. Um, or if I need to like just pull like a general PDF. Mm-hmm. Um, 
also it's nice to it's nice to go on a creative call um with your rep you kind of feel like you've got somebody in your corner mm-hmm. um you know because you can be on a call and there's like seven or eight people and like it's it can be intimidating so having somebody there alongside with you who's remembering to ask like really important questions and questions that you would not have thought of. Mm-hmm. So there's, um, there's that aspect of it. Um, the marketing aspect, um, they do their thing. And I kind of look at it, at it as an extension of like what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And it's just nice to, uh, to be able to just fire off an email and be like, Hey, is this, is this working? Like, yeah. does, the, does this like photograph or does this set of photographs, like, is it working? Mm-hmm. And then like getting kind of like direct and honest feedback of like, you know, this, you know, maybe don't include this, like think about this, you know, push more in this area. So, and you know, like how it is, is like working independently, like, you know, you don't always get feedback. So, so like having somebody that like, I can just like reach out to informally and be like, Hey, like, what do you think? Like, is this working? Is this not working? And then also like, kind of like leading up to like next year, like, you know, we'll talk about goal setting. We'll talk about like, um, you know, to kind of bring it back to that test shoot, like, how do we take the test shoot and like, how do we push it, you know, even more like, mm-hmm. does it make sense to do something that accompanies that? Um, is there a motion aspect that can be explored? Like what's possible and like having, um, you know, two additional people that I trust and enjoy being around and like feel like they have like my best interests, like being able to kind of just like riff on that is, um, yeah, it's like, it's really nice. And like, I'm feel very fortunate to like have that right now in my career. Oh, that's great, man. Yeah. I know it's hard finding someone that you align with personality wise and has the same like creative vision for what you want to do. So that's great. And it's a sick roster. I know my, my buddy Ryan Young's over there. I think uh, <laughs> yeah. he, he's a great dude. He's killing it. And then uh, I think Chris Buck is on there now too. I think he recently just signed with red eye too, which is pretty, yeah. pretty badass. Um, so definitely a lot of, a lot of talent over there for sure. And you, you touched on one thing, you know, like uh, when you're starting out, like y- you go from editorial to commercial, you, you don't know what you can charge for. You don't realize you can charge for, you know, digital workstation, your laptop, you can charge for all these pre-production things. And it, it, it's a tough thing to navigate. And I know, I think within the last year, you kind of started a, I guess you'd call it like a nonprofit, this kind of organization called Fuck Gatekeeping, um, which is, I believe, to kind of help, like, kind of help like the younger generation um, to kind of get informed of like about the business and stuff. Like, how, what, maybe you could tell us a little bit about that organization you started. Uh, yeah. So I, so Fuck Gatekeeping um, was founded by myself um, and Chan also fellow red eye photographer mm-hmm. and uh emiliano granado so mm-hmm. yeah during the pandemic and during um you know shortly after like george floyd there was like a lot of talk in the industry of like 
um, you know, how, how do we level the playing field? And I think myself and like a number of photographers were, you know, offering like portfolio reviews, you know, um, over like Google Hangout and like Zoom mm-hmm. and just kind of like being available to like answer questions. Cause like, I remember um, having a lot of people, you know, reaching out or reaching out on behalf of like somebody else saying like, oh, hey, like this brand hit me up. Um, do these numbers sound good? Yeah. And then I would be like, no, those numbers do not sound good. Yeah. Also that contract is like, super predatory like yeah you know like tell them to like go back and like do this this and this also like they can reach out to reps on a freelance basis reps going to take a cut but like the terms and like money might be more favorable so like um you know don't feel like you have to say yes you know to the first offer especially one that's like really overreaching so mm-hmm. um Carmen was doing that as well. Emiliano was doing that. Um, Carmen and I were having conversations um, about, you know, the topic of like access and yeah, that's, I would say like Carmen was like the one who kind of led everything. And then Emiliano and I, you know, we're on the same page and, yeah, we have like a website, but like in an Instagram, but we don't really post Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> and occasionally we'll get questions. We get a lot of questions. Um, a lot of them are like very specific licensing questions. And like, mm. we, we just can't answer because like we either don't have all of the info or the timing, but like the questions that are um, a bit more broad um we're able to answer like you know kind of like how you said like you know when you're beginning your journey with commercial photography like you know you don't know what like a camera kit fee is yeah you, know, or, you don't know that you can bill for yeah retouching or like any of this stuff so like just giving people kind of like these like foundational um elements and then also you know letting them know that like you can ask questions like mm. it's totally fine yeah no that's amazing man yeah because i i mean i get some of those emails too with the podcast and like stuff that like i i is a second nature to me but like you realize like people are just starting out like they don't they don't know even know who to contact like if i want to shoot for espn like it's i remember i started you're lost like how do i even like get on their radar who do i contact like what is a photo editor just these, these basic questions and it's like you kind of learn like as you go, but it's pretty amazing. You guys kind of built this kind of organization and is something you guys are going to kind of continue working on in the new year with uh, fuck gatekeeping. Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, like we're still, we're still fielding questions. Um, and like the, uh, the website is updated like pretty infrequently. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that we, we'd like to do something in person, but like, Tough. because of like, you know, COVID and like, it's just not possible. Yeah. Um, but I know that we wanted to do, um, you know, both kind of like informal, like gatherings, but then also like maybe something that's a little bit 
a little bit bigger, but like the whole idea is like um one to like kind of like not to like dumb it down, but like to be a cheerleader. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like again, being like working independently, like is fucking amazing. Yeah. But it's also like um pretty daunting because like it's like you're driving through the rain and it's like heavy fog. Yeah. You just got to put like the, you know, your headlights on <laughs> and you just kind of just go 10 and two, yeah. just like 45 and you just yeah. keep going straight and yeah. you're going to be fine. <laughs> but nobody is there to kind of like cheer you on and like reassure you. So mm-hmm. like, I feel like just as much as like fuck gatekeeping is there to, um, you know, tell you to politely push back on like a predatory contract mm-hmm. or like, Hey, this is like, these are some examples of treatments or, Hey, this is like what worked for us, you know, in our careers, it might not work for you, but you can take some of it and apply it to your journey. It's also to uh, just be like, Hey, you can do this. Yeah. You got it. And like letting somebody know that like, Hey man, I'm from the middle of like nowhere in Kansas. Nobody in my family has any relationship to big media or like any brand. Like I don't have an uncle Mm -hmm. who founded an ad agency, like none of that. Like I, if I can do this, like you can do this, like, and I'm just there to like, you know, pat on the back. I'm the I'm the guy at the end of the bench with the towel. Like, <laughs> no, man, you're guy. the you're the gunslinger, man. Remember? <laughs> you're the gunslinger. Uh, no, it's smart, dude. Like, I mean, the more uh, you share knowledge with people, like, I think the the photo industry as a whole will be better. You know, less people will hopefully get screwed over on contracts and people will charge more and make more money hopefully and i think that's in the grand scheme of things it's better to help out everybody because i think i think the old school way was like people didn't share information they didn't like it was more of a closed off thing back in the day but i'm 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 definitely mad respect for you guys uh starting that and helping the you know next generation yeah and I'm, i'm hoping that like it just becomes a thing where like um you know, they do it for like the next like the next person like mm-hmm. that's something like I always like you know tell like somebody that like I've you know given advice to or like helped or hired they're like oh man like how, how can I like I'm gonna I'm gonna take you out for beers I'm just like I'd love that but like just you know do it for the next person like yeah, somebody yeah. else you're gonna be in a position where like you know, you can help somebody or you can open a door or help somebody walk through it. Like just do it for the next person. And like, you'll be better. They'll be better. Like, it's just good for everybody. Yeah, definitely. And I guess to wrap up, man, uh, uh, last question, like we're, we're going into the new year here. Uh, anything you're hoping to work on in the new year, kind of any, any goals or anything like that, uh, for 2022, goals for 2022 um i want to build on i want to build on that like test shoot um so more more collaborations 
with stylists, with makeup artists, prop stylists, um, retouchers, um, specifically Lena. Mm -hmm. Um, So just kind of like more of that and like trying to, um, trying to find ways to like push my work in that direction. Um, Also like trying to, I've got like a personal project um, various personal projects. So trying to finish one of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah. And then just kind of like the usual, like update the website, make sure my taxes are paid. Oh, uh, dude. Yeah. That's Long what I'm, I'm, I'm working on right now, dude. I'm trying to just get it all organized right now. Cause I know it's all coming soon. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm just like waiting for like the barrage of like tax documents that like are going to hit me in like two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> for real well anyways jared man I'm, I'm glad we connected and thanks so much for doing this and for people listening if they want to check out more of your work where's the best place for them to go um instagram.com forward slash jared stories um jared stories.com on the internet if nice. people are still going <laughs> to websites um yeah that's yeah, that's this is the only two places I'm active. Cool, man. Well, I'll link it and people go can go check it out. But uh, thanks so much. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. This is great. So there you have it. That was the Jared Sorties interview. Uh, just want to thank Jared so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It's a real pleasure talking to him about his journey with photography. Um, he, he's definitely accomplished a lot from working as a newspaper photographer and then transitioning to working freelance on commercial and editorial for top clients. Um, really appreciate hearing his uh, story. So can't thank him enough. Um, definitely go check out Jared's work. Um, I'll put the links in the descriptions. Uh, but his website is jaredsories.com as well as on Instagram. You can definitely go follow him at jaredsories. Um, he's always posting up uh, new work and different projects he's working on. So definitely go give him a follow. And as always, I'll be posting new episodes every month. Um, you can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Photo Banter YouTube page if you want to watch the video version. And as always, thanks so much for listening and take care.